Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Well, good morning and welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus and Paula Show. Jesus Christ and Paula Price. You may not see him physically, but you will hear him. (laughs) He shows up every week. Okay, so we're just going to jump right in here because we have some special guests on today's episode and we don't want to waste any time on anything. Not that we ever really do. If you did not see last night's episode of Dr. Price's Pop-Up, anybody see it? Okay. She talked about prophecy versus divination. Some of you may not know, there's been a bit of a dusting up over a little dust up over Dr. Price and uh, what she said about the election and the inauguration. The first thing I want to say is if you're going to roast somebody and put them on blast, at least get your quotes right. But I guess if you're already out there, you're wrong. And so misquoting should be expected. And so she hammered, hammered, as only she can, the difference between prophecy and divination. She said today's hashtag is, hashtag, a theft is not a win. And just because you stole an election doesn't mean you won an election. And I tell you what, so go on and share with your friends. We're going to still go in. There is further in to go. We're going in. Where's in? In. Just in. We're just going to keep going in. Last night, she uh, broke down what divination actually is. And I think it's very interesting because when we talk about divination, when people hear the word divination and divining, what do we think? Cauldron. You know, the smoky. <laughs> yes, it's, it's the witch's which brew. The witch's brew. And people off in dark corners and. Somebody from Harry Potter walking across the scene, and that's divination, and you have to talk like this. And, and she went, <laughs> okay. And, and she broke down and said that divination is the occult hacking creation. Now, she said more, but that's the piece I'm going to repeat because I want you to watch it. And hacking into creation, and she said devils will use prophet spirits to bring their words to pass. Devils will use prophet spirit to bring their words to pass. Can you turn something out? And so we have to think about that and how many times you'll see the mantle used. We really don't understand how this institution works, how these mantles work, and we, so we, we have a misunderstanding or we don't accept it when we hear it, and then we're vulnerable and susceptible to being used and being placed. I mean, when somebody wants to come in and take advantage of somebody, they choose the person or the people that they know have no idea what they're really doing. Mm-hmm. Just trust me. You know, when, when I was a kid, stranger danger 
uh, teaching was they had like the guy in the raincoat and the glasses and the whatever in the hat. And, and then what did they find out? It was the next door neighbor. It was the little guy with the puppy. It was some candy. Guys, I lost my dog. Can you come help me find my dog in the park? Oh, yeah, okay. Sure, sure, sure. And and the kids, oh, so they had to change the whole way that they taught kids about stranger danger. You run from somebody who is nice, <laughs> basically. You just run. Don't talk to strangers. Don't talk to people you don't know. And you always have to watch out for the children who have no fear. They'll just go up and talk to anybody because they'll just walk off with anybody. And and likewise, in the kingdom of God and, and in working with the powers of darkness and, and demonism and things like that, we think that if something is demonic that it's going to have warts on its face and be green and just obvious and not undercover, not wolf in sheep's clothing. And so she broke that down. One of the things that she, well, she talked about the doctrine of Balaam and how his doctrine taught the people of God to engage in idolatry and then to bring in sexuality as a way to appease the gods. And what have we seen in the body of Christ? Idolatry and, I mean, a rise in sexuality that is just over the top. People saying it's their freedom in Christ. Put on your clothes. Thank you. And uh, when she talked about the difference between prophecy and divination, when prophecy is at work, it's coming in in advance, beforehand. And when she broke down that divination, when it's in, it's in the midst of the situation. So when you go from being prophetic, which is what we saw, people prophesying, God's end, and then sliding into divination, when the circumstances changes, changed, their words changed. So the Lord changes mind midstream. No. Now, the spirit got in there. We know people who fell, uh, fell under and collapsed under the pressure, especially in the black community. You already took a hazing and a beating for standing for President Trump anyway. And then when it looked like you were wrong, see, this is what I was talking about, and we're going to pull your money, we're going to pull your backing, we're going to ostracize you and excommunicate you. Then you have people change and apologize, and I'm so sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. And, I mean, this whole thing, if this was not a judgment starting in the house of the Lord, for us to really see who is on the Lord's side and who is not, yeah. who actually knows it and who does not. And repeatedly, and she said it last night as well, if all you saw was Biden winning the election, then you're in divination. If you did not see that his win was because of theft, then you were not operating out of God's book. Come on. Come on now. You know, this is like one of those things where they'll show you a piece, and, and I have a, an undergrad degree in media production, and so, you know, the thing about film, which is different from theater, is theater, you have to have the whole stage has to look like the whole set because everybody can see everything. In film, like today, the camera is right here. You just have the lens right here. And divination is like, you just, if you see one piece, whatever piece you want to be true, the whole, in film, the whole rest of the room could be a hot mess. That's right. That's why when people come in here, they're like, oh, this is it. Everybody said it's in one room, and they're all the, I had no idea. I just, huh? I don't know what I thought. I thought Dr. Price was in her house. I thought that this was somewhere else. I thought everybody was in their own room. I thought it was, <laughs> because film is, you just look right here. And with uh, a divination, it's you just look. No, I'm not comparing film to divination. Okay? But you just look right here. And prophecy is like the theater. 
you see the whole production. The whole picture has to be right because it's in front of everybody and it's the whole story. And and I thought that's so interesting how we can all look and see what looks like the same thing but not be seeing the same thing. In Scripture, with the voice of God was thunder. Some people heard thunder. Some people heard the voice of God. Other people. And so uh, for this, it's like, no, I see him in there. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't see how, right. for a while, how long he's going to stay? Or not. Then you're not operating. You don't have that full disclosure from the Lord. And I tell you what, it's, it's a habit. It's a routine. People have no idea how often they prophesy according to the flesh. How often you just roll it out according to culture, according to what, if I was God, this is what I would say. I really want this to be true, so this is what I'm going to prophesy. And now realizing that all along the way, you've either been tried to be tried and true. We talked about this last week. The, the giants in the kingdom, the old general, taking a stand. Now, you guys, don't change what God said. Yeah. Don't move. We've been in this game a long time. Bishop Hammond, I've been in this thing 50 years. I'm telling you, the board doesn't change. Okay, hold fast. Hold the line. You know, it is a stupid idea to pick a fight with a giant. Right. <laughs> stupid idea. Giants look slow, don't they? Takes them longer to stand up. When they're running, they look like they're just moving in slow motion. Now, meanwhile, they're stepping over mountains. Come on, come on. All right. They're standing up slow because it's taking them longer. And we have these clowns out here in the kingdom picking fights with giants. You're about to get crushed. You're about to get crushed. Who's picking fights with Dr. Percy? <laughs> when he was at Mr. T, I pity the fool. Who thinks that you can just. <laughs> You're going to pick a fight with a giant and then expect the giant to say. Okay, do not tell this apostle to be nice. We don't even believe it nice. Nice is not in the fruit of the Spirit. Nice is not in Scripture. Nice is not Bible, all right? Kindness on occasion. No! No! She's not kind. <laughs> she's not she's not nice. 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 Giants are giants for a reason. Generals are generals for a reason. And we're used to, in the body of Christ, giving just these uh, relational promotions and you're my boy, that's my girl, and yeah, I like you, and you're my kid, and you're their cousin, and you're their best friend. I owe you a favor. You did something for me 10 years ago. And so we're going to give some reparations. But we do not understand that when you get to that level for that long, and you've proven you're not a one-hit wonder. Yeah. 
You, you, you lasted more than one famous sermon or message, but you've been tried in the fire and proven and tested by God and man and health multiple times over, and you stood the test of time, then you are a giant. Whether people want to say it or not, doesn't matter. We saw that with uh, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. They had their opinions about him. And then God stood up and said, excuse me. Let me slap you with a little leprosy. <laughs> Let me reset this situation so we understand what I think and what God's opinion stands pertaining to people. His opinion and what his evaluation of his people stands. No, it doesn't matter how we feel. It doesn't matter what we say. It doesn't matter what you put out there for social media. It's not like you're in your mind anyway. It is a stupid, stupid thing. I'm a junior giant. I'm a new giant. I'm a G. I'm a G. I'm a G. I'm a I'm a G. I'm a G. I'm a stone in a rock of offense. Yeah. We said this before the show. In his mind, if I'm not offending somebody, I'm not doing my job. Yeah. And we are, we have so gotten off of our foundation yeah. biblically. It is sad when you look at what these apostles and prophets did and how they faced off with the Caesars, the Agrippas, yeah. uh, on and on it went, on down the Herods of the day, and, and whomever else. Pilate. And it's like, what? Jesus is a no, this I'm like, like, no, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I got the power to kill you. No, you don't. You I know you, you don't. Have I know. The power, you don't. But you, you don't, don't have the power. They got nothing. I'm, I'm standing here because I want to be here. Uh, and I'm standing here because I chose to. And he said, you can have no power over me unless it was given to you from above. Which we saw in the garden. People of power know that. People yes, who are powerless folks don't know that. Yeah. Where well, you're standing in chains, it's kind of like he's standing in chains. I'm, I'm letting you find here. I let you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and we we're gonna know the Jesus that really came to the planet. Yes, yes. Because see, we got them upshot Jesus, them fallen angels that are morphing into fake Jesus. Upshot. Oh, my, are you kidding me? Upshot Jesus. Oh, you know, and that's the one thing I want to say. You know, I'm going to get, we're just going to speak a little bit, and then we have these wonderful guests here, and I'm going to cut up. So I just want to let you know right now. Because Dr. Price. Hashtag Dr. Price cutting up. Yes. I just want you to be clear. Anybody got that? Yes. Uh, okay. So I need you to be clear, you know, and, and for those of you who don't know, I, I read my Facebook. On purpose. Wait, can I say those responses are her writing you back, mm-hmm. which you should feel. <laughs> so you know, you know they talk about me all the time because you know I write back, and you know what? I don't write back everything. I mean, come on, I get like eight hundred, a thousand comments and stuff like that. But the ones that I think are worth attention, I write. But I listen because I want to know what y'all. I don't, don't want to wait till I get to your church in your city to find out what you think about y'all. <laughs> Okay, so, you know, I'm walking in like I'm going to be treated really nice and go in and you got, whoa, y'all got the board and the panel and Karen on up there. So I just need to know that in advance. Uh, the firing squad. 
So I like to know what you think about me early, and so I appreciate that. Now I did the um, I did last night's broadcast, and tonight is it tonight that we do the the angelic one, wherever. Um, Saturday. So Saturday you get to hear about the angelic visitation. You don't want to miss it. Because you're not, but I got a rule. I'm going to educate your devil's off. Yeah. See, we want to exercise. Yeah. But I'm going to exercise and then I'm going to quit. So, wait a minute, we got to put something in place for those things. Y'all understand? We leave you out all empty. You know, devil's hanging in your car until they realize that there's no room in your body. So, we are to. They meet you, no, wait a minute. They meet you in the car like, I bet you thought I was going. Huh? <laughs> I bet you thought it was over. Huh? So I really did that because I need to teach. I can get on there and make all of these comments and reports. I don't really care about that. First of all, I really don't. When I tell you I've been at it, I've been at it a long time. When you have to get up as many times as I have to get up, you kind of realize that getting up is part of staying up. So I'm going to have to get up. Is that right? You got to keep on getting up. So I'm going to keep getting up as part of staying So I understand that. My job, though, is to represent the Lord Jesus Christ as his messenger. You know, Isaiah 44 says that you are my messenger, that I am God. No one else is going to know I'm God but you. So if my messengers go off, then they don't know who God is. That's a powerful saying. You can can study that in Isaiah 44. I believe that's um, verse 26. So when you are a messenger, when you're an agent, you know, apostles are agents. We're thronal agents of the Godhead. I am clear. Now, y'all been trying to get a definition of apostle for since like 30, 40 years. Let me just help you out. Thronal agents of the Godhead. We represent the throne of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to keep him on the throne, as he said, gathering with him, or I'm going to participate in dethroning him, mm-hmm. scattering the broad. Mm-hmm. So when I, so I'm very clear on that. And unfortunately, all apostles are not. They're like, well, somebody said I was an apostle, so like, here I am. That is not me. And if you are really an apostle, God crushes you 27 times. One for every book of the New Testament. You are crushed. You are embarrassed. You are abandoned. Jesus preached one sermon, John 6, 63. We got it from John chapter 6. He preached one sermon, and he preached it from heaven's archives instead of traditional rhetoric. And what did he look around? The room was empty. He had 12 people staying, and one of them was the devil. Come on, come on. He said, y'all leaving too? Like, no. He said, where are we going to go? Because God's people know the words of eternal life. You may not be able to say, I know this Bible altogether, but that Holy Ghost on the inside of you, that new creation spirit says, something's wrong. You know, see, we get a God instinct. See, there is why you can understand who or what will remain a prophet. So, and so when I, when I start, I just need you to understand that only because y'all like to write me. So if you like to write me, I should answer you. Yeah. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm being, I'm not just being political, I'm being polite. See, we're not just political. So I just need you to understand that I have no identity crisis. So when you all wrote me about me being in politics, oh, man, I really love that one. Thank you, sister girl, for writing me about I, I'm no longer a Christian because I'm in politics. I appreciate you. So I could tell you didn't read any other post I ever made. You have not looked at any of my teachings. You've not researched this or anything. But I'm the woman who wrote this hymn book. So I'm going to go in this hymn book. 
And this is one of the many that I wrote. So I'm just going to go to L. L in the book. L. I just need you all to understand that if you're going to talk about, first of all, God never called us Christians. I keep saying that. The Lord Jesus Christ never called us Christians. And so let me get to my L-I-E. I got an L-I-E here somewhere. Just keep praying for me. I'm finding myself. L-I-E. I think that's it. If not, can't find it because, you know, I'm not peeing like I used to see. But, you know, I don't care. My feelings are hurt. I can still feel. <laughs> I want you to look up the term. Here it is. Number se- if you have the dictionary, number 759. 759 about Christians and politics. Okay. I want you to understand that. And it's the word letergos. It's a Greek word. You're going to find it in Hebrews 8 2. When it says Jesus is the minister of the sanctuary of God. That word minister there is actually liturgical. It's only used three other times or two other times. I think three all in one relating or pertaining to apostles. And it's translated minister. We, we downgrade it to minister, which is fine. And it says this Greek word defines one who is a public servant and a functionary in a temple at the same time. Public servant and functionary in the temple. Now, is that right? Now, look at this, because the Catholics brought it down to liturgy, but it started out as liturgos. All right? Unmistakably, it defines one who is a minister and a worshiper of God who thereby, who thereby benefits humanity. The word refers to one who works in the sanctuary of God as a laborer toiling for the welfare of the people of God. This word is used four times in the New Testament, and it's important because of the implications surrounding its use. Romans 13.6 and 15.16, Philippians 2.25, Hebrews 1.7. Secular officials, ministry offices, the Apostle Paul to the Gentiles, and angels all fit this category of ministry. Liturgos, ministers of Jesus' day, were interesting servants. Theirs was a unique mission. Paul's use of the term for this reason was deliberate as he meant to convey some potent truths about how God's public ministry is, um, meets the needs and gifts of the church and how did it be carried out. During Paul and Christ's time, the Turgos servants were the ones who performed ordinary and extraordinary service to the public on behalf of the God of the land. Their duties were without fail, state and post. And only the wealthiest society could afford to be chosen. Which is where it is now. So if you're going to call Christian, non-Christian, because we're in government, because we're doing public service, if you're going to do that, what is my favorite phrase? Do your homework. You're going to step out there like an authority, be one. Hit that bell. We're going to hit the liberty bell. Try to catch that foot. Come on, Jesus. I got a liberty bell. Don't mess with me. Now, think of killing sacred cows, baby. We are proud I need you to understand. So let me give you some fundamental foundation. Before there was a church, there were prophets. 
Before there was a church, there were apostles. The first apostles were apostles to the nation of Israel. Because the church of Jesus Christ did not yet exist. So before we started confiding ourselves to pulpiteering, yeah, I know. See, my public relations folks ain't going to like that. They're going to be shed able. But you know what? Every now and then, shed able. You need some shock theology to break people's train of thought. Because people will keep, if you keep using the same term, they'll begin to think you're saying the same old thing, just a different way. So I just need you to understand, before all of that happened, a prophet put people, put rulers in power. In Israel, the prophets chose the king. And the prophets inaugurated the king. And other rulers, military, priests, temple. So it seems like it's innate to the office, innate to the mantle that we are in politics. Because politics doesn't mean anything for people. The politics, come on, it's how the people tick. That's how I understand it. Politics is how the people tick. And so whoever can determine how people tick, they going to run the fact. That's how that's going. I know. See, I'm from Newark, New Jersey. But I can, if you want me to get, I mean, I could, I could show off the little PhD if you want. But I need you to understand. Jeff Pedro. I need you to. <laughs> I need you to understand. If you're going to come after something, know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, even if you're gonna, if you're gonna quote me, quote me right. Because I am telling you right now, I can tell you, I am a fool for Jesus Christ. I don't, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not embarrassed. I done laid out everything for this man. Now, I'm sorry if you and Jesus are not up close and personal. We are. And when you are deeply in love with someone, you don't lie on them. And you work hard not to err concerning them. That's what you do because love, when Paul said the love of God the love of God constrains me. The love of Christ constrains me. He's saying, you don't understand. My old self wants to act like old me. I want to get along with you all. I want you to like me. I want you to invite me in those circles. I would love it if you want. However, I got to love. And the love of God will not let me be the old Paul because the old Paul was killing me. See, when I was Saul, I was killing you. The reason I can take the, the, the 39 stripes three times, the reason I can be stoned over and over again, the reason that I can come still serve God after being stranded in the sea a day and a night, the reason I can do all of that is because I killed Christians so God killed Saul. I have nothing to do but be Paul. That's what I have to do. I don't have an option. And so if you have options that, that you can opt in and opt out or I'll pick this and you still at the buffet of indecision, that's not us. Not, that is so not us. So one of the things that I talked about in this whole discussion last night is that theft is not a win. So if you're going to say that someone, see how I'm, I'm being very neutral with this other thing. Someone. Somebody. Selective. I'm selective. Is that what I'm being? Yeah. Okay. Because you know I can say that. But hey. But if you're going to say that a person's a false prophet, then I need you to have all the right facts. If you're going to say my word fails, I need you to prove it. 
Because as far as I can tell, a theft is not a win. And if a theft isn't a win, my word won. Now, how do you know that? Go to my website. I've got a whole bunch of stuff up there on do your homework. whole bunch of stuff. But I, I, I maintain a, 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 race, a, a, a race of two parties where only one person is running. That's not a race. That's a front. That's okay. Now, I don't really care about that. I'm going to be honest with you. But if we're going to talk about facts, truth, prophecy is about truth. Divination is about whatsoever, whosoever the spirit in the area says. So if we're talking about truth, then I'm telling you, my word didn't fail. And I like that because I'm not, I'm not a Christian to fail God. So let's, I'm going to give you one little statement on divination because we're about to bring our, our guests up. Yep, I got two minutes. I got y'all worked out. See, I figured that out. <laughs> Deuteronomy 18. And I'm going to start at the ninth verse. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. And then he says, there shall not be found among you anyone that makes his son or daughter pass through the fire of human sacrifice or that uses divination, which is false prophecy, or speaking by unclean spirit or an observer of time, astrology, or an enchanter, sorcery, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard. Do you see today's population? I just want y'all to know. You know how many Christians stuck up Harry Potter? All right. And necromancy, talking to the dead. Psychism, you know, when you know your grandmother, I'm just your grandmother is talking to me. Let me tell you something. <laughs> First of all, Granny talking to you, I'm going to cast out something. Okay? And my grandmother was a witch. Come on. Among other things. So I want you to hear this. You want to know why? Because in order for you to discern divination from prophecy, you've got to move away from the divinatory art. See, because it's an art. You've got to move away from it. Now, I told you before, and I'm going to tell you again, I need you to, to um, go and get, if, if, if you are able, read the book, The Primordial Enoch. Now, Primordial Enoch, there's a whole lot in there to dislike, and one day I'm going to do a broadcast on it. There's a lot in there for you to dislike. But one thing it talks about are the 200 angels that came and did not keep their first estate. And there was 200 of them. So the 200 angels that didn't keep their first estate came down and established the government that we see. When you're reading it, you're almost thinking you're reading 2021. Yeah. Yeah. They explain why they set their economy up the way they, they did. We, we want the humans to never have enough money because if they're ever independent, they'll be independent of us. Mm-hmm. So poverty is etched into the foundation of human civilization. We have to have marriage because we can't reproduce ourselves, which is what Satan won in the garden. We have to have bodies to put this one-third of angels population into physical form. See, this is what apostles know. This is the gospel that came down from heaven. This is not the gospel that sprung up from the ground. Abraham had this gospel, Galatians 3.8. Abraham had this gospel. David had this gospel. See, you have to recognize Noah had this gospel. Enoch had it. They all had it. And they told you that. 
and they explained it to you. So here we are, 2020, 2021, and you, because you don't have this backstory, because you're hearing the happy time gospel, Jesus loved me just like no, because my preacher told me so. Because if the Bible told you so, you have a little more information. So we know you need to get that from the scriptures. And you realize you'll read the Bible according to your preacher. You don't read the Bible according to Revelation because you have to start with what you know. So all of these factors are what gave Paul the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, God has been trying to get this story out for ages. And every time he gets it out, it's done. Why do you think the early church was killed? They weren't just killed because of Scripture. Half of the scripture that we're talking about didn't exist. They were killed because the gospel was peopleizing itself. It was becoming beings. Beings were buying into it, and they were changing. So you have to understand that they were all walking in in superpower, which is what 1 Corinthians 12, 28, 29 is telling us, the dunamis of God, the power of God. This thing was never meant to be theological. It was never meant to be literary. It was always meant to be biological because of the genetics of the Godhead. Hey, come on, give God a praise because we're going to do a shift. We're going to do a shift. We're going to bring our guests up. They're going to tell you about themselves. We, now, you are Vicky, right? And Casey. And Casey fits you so much better than Vicky. That's the sad part. You know, you hate for people to get your name wrong with something that would never be you. Come on in and then share with Vic Regalado. Is it Regalado or Regalado? Regalado. Regalado. I got something right. I knew I could do it right. Yes. Have a seat. They're, going to, they're working with the culture. Is it Tulsa or Tulsa County? Tulsa County. Tulsa County Sheriff's Office. So I want you to understand that we got the sheriff in the house. You can hit the button. We're going to let y'all hit something. If it gets really good, you can hit something. Uh, yeah, I'm going to hit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say something good when I get the bell. <laughs> you want the Liberty Bell. <laughs> yep, we have the Liberty Bell for when we know we set the captives free. Hallelujah. So, hey, guys. I want you to go and share, 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 and share some more, and, and go tell your friends that this is very unique. Now, one of the reasons that I wanted to have this, these particular guests is because of, well, actually, it's two reasons. Number one, we as a church need to know what's really going on. We were on a panel together recently, which is how we got to meet each other. Were you on that panel, too? Okay. We were on the panel, and we were talking about law enforcement and all of the trainings that they're having and all of the, the changes and all the things that they're, they're doing to work better with the community. And so, and I was for that. I'm like, hey, educate them. You know, again, I'm, you know, I'm one of those people. I was raised in Newark. I got a brother who's just really wrapping up 32 years in jail. So I'm not one of those that, you know, we, I haven't lived the black experience. But one of the things that I maintain, and before I leave this planet, it's going to happen, and that is we also, if you're going to train one half of the problem, you've got to train the other half of the problem. So it's not enough that, that courts and judges and law enforcement are all receiving training on how to interact with us because, see, we have another training that's going on. And so my, my contribution to that was that we also need to have civilian reform. We need to change how citizens think about the officials and the authorities. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I, I'm old enough to have gone back to the 60s when it was down with the establishment and down with the institutions and down with all of that. 
I'm old enough to know that. Well, now this thing has come full grown. The Bible says when sin is full grown, yeah. it brings forth death. So we talked about that, and that's some of what they're going to say. But I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and then you can run with the direction, because she can preach off. Preach and sheriff. Come on, somebody. And I'm like, come on, somebody. Preaching, Cheryl, and then they're going to introduce themselves, tell you a little bit about themselves, and just kind of pick up on that theme or whatever God gives them today. Well, uh, first of all, I'm glad you had me back on. I had a fantastic time the first time I was on uh, on your on your show. So I'm glad to be back. That means I did something right. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm Sheriff Vic Regalado. I'm Sheriff of Tulsa County. I was elected uh, four and a half years ago. I just started my second term, uh, January 1st. Yeah. Hey. Uh, yeah, thank you. serving the people of uh, Tulsa County again. And, uh, you, know, what, you know, what an exciting time. Um, you know, many people look at this time that we're in as, as you know, they describe it as political strife, religious strife, and, and all the negativity that's going on. Whereas I look at it as a time of heroes. It's time for people to step up, stand up, and, and change the course of, of the way that things are going now. And with that comes great sacrifice, as many of you know. But what a wonderful time in which to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that uh, in, in that in that respect, it, it's an exciting time. And, and I hope that, and I truly believe uh, sincerely um, that there are people out there still like that, right? I think there's a room full of them here. I think you were touching on it just a moment ago about receiving criticism and things like that for speaking the truth. And that's what will happen because there is a part of our country, our world, uh, humanity that can't accept the truth. It's difficult for them. And they're engaged in group things. The problem is they're following the wrong groups. Right? And, you know, and so when you enlighten somebody or when you show people the truth, the truth can hurt. We've all heard that statement before, right? And that's true for all of us. I can't tell you how many times the truth smacked me right in the face, right? But I got back up and I was, became a better person for it. And I think we are in a time of, of truth, you know, where it needs to be brought out. It needs to be faced. And I think that it will, uh, that we will survive this. And I think we'll, you know, we'll be a better place uh, as a result. But, uh, you know, the bad part of that is, is there's going to be a lot of sacrifice that people will need to understand and accept uh, because without sacrifice, there is no, no movement forward. And so, I, again, I think that in today's world, it, 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 although it seems dark, uh, I think there is light, and, uh, you know, we just keep making our way toward that and, uh, and not worry about the criticism. I heard it. I, I love the elderly because they have, a, you know, a lifetime of experience. And I had breakfast with a, an elderly gentleman who's in his 80s. We were talking about these very things about sacrifice, life, what it means. And he told me, he said, what are they, what are they, quote, unquote, they going to do to me? Because as a Christian, he found Christianity in his 40s and has lived a Christian life. And he said, there's nothing that man can do to me. He goes, from the very, you know, from the very least criticizing mm-hmm. me because of my beliefs or the worst killing me because of my beliefs. Either way, you send me home a lot quicker. And for that, I think. And I thought about that, and I thought, oh, maybe that's true. Why do I, you know, because I'm just as guilty. I wake up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. And, you know, it just seems so bad. Well, why am I doing that? You know, God, we're living in the day that God created. Why should we 
look at it as a dark day or, or clouds mm-hmm. instead of seeing it for what it is. God's day that the sun is shining. It's time to go do God's work. And what a wonderful thing that is. And so when I heard him say that, I thought, oh, that's right. What can the Internet do to me? What's the criticism? The internet. You know, what's the criticism on social media do to me? Why? Because you know they won't say that to your face, right? That's just a, that's a, it's a different kind of, of, of criticism, and it's a different. It, it means absolutely nothing to me. Amen. And once we get out of that, and once we get out of that group thing, then we're going to start seeing real progress. The problem is, it's going to be tough because you have social media, and you have even our media that's fighting you. I recently gave uh, uh, an interview to the Tulsa World about this very thing. And all I said was, and this was in question to, to the events that happened at the Capitol. And his first question is, well, do you, uh, do you still support Trump, President Trump despite the fact he caused those events? Well, that's a loaded question, right? right, right. So you've got to navigate around that, first of all. And I, and I simply said with this. No, I do not hold President Trump accountable for the actions of, of a few, right? Because let's, let's be honest, out of 75,000-plus people, there was 200 that maybe entered into that battle, right. okay? Do I hold him accountable? No. I hold those people accountable. Right. If we start having accountability in our lives, and instead of group things, I think that we're going to have see better things happen. We won't see these violence. And think about 2020 and the violence you saw throughout the year. It wasn't somebody going, well, I feel this. It was, we, we. feel this. Mm-hmm. Well, who's we? And then when you start asking those questions and going, well, who's we? Then you get to it. You figure out who the we is. And then you've got to figure out, why does the we think that way? <laughs> well, then you find out the we think that way because there's some money involved, right? Always money. And so... That's all I said. But what did the headlines say? The headlines were big, bold letters, and it said, Sheriff Regalado does not hold Trump accountable. That's all it said. <laughs> well, the flood of emails I got from that. Oh, yeah. You are a disgrace. You're not a patriot. Blah, blah, blah. And about 99% of those people, okay, didn't even read the article. No, they just read the headline. They just saw the headline and moved on to the next one. Yeah. All right. And so, again, I cannot fathom or understand why elected officials worry about what is said on there. And you'll see it because they're apologizing for what they said. Oh, my God. They're apologizing for having done something right. And when you are apologizing for having done something right, there's a problem. Yeah. Right? Because now you're involved in group things. So, again, I about the preaching I get on a little. So you can't. So I'm, I'm big for me. So. But we're going to give you the mic again because you got a lot to say. But I want to meet this well, beautiful you. lady because she can speak to what you just said. Remember? Yes. Don't you think she can? Absolutely. So introduce yourself and then tell us how what you do and what you did and then how you could speak to what he just said. Well, how it happened. So my name is Casey Roebuck and I'm the communications director for the sheriff's office. Uh, the sheriff brought me on uh, when he won a special election in 2016, and prior to that, I was a reporter. I was a reporter here at Channel 2 in Tulsa for about 13 years, and before that, I was in Las Vegas and La Nevada, Oklahoma City, so I've kind of been around the country, uh, but Tulsa is home for me. I went to Oklahoma State. I love it here, so I was excited to come back, but I had reached a point in my life where I had been in the media at that point for 17 years, and it was time for a change. I didn't really like the direction things were going. I didn't like the focus on social media and 
the story, the focus is always on a lot of content instead of really good stories. And that was always the most rewarding part of being a journalist for me, was telling good stories and being a voice to victims' families and victims themselves. And I kind of felt in my heart that we were getting away from that a little bit, and it was just about a whole lot of junk content instead of really good content. So I didn't really know what was in the cards for me when I retired at the very end of uh, 2015. And then uh, this guy reached out to me. We've been friends for a long time since he was a young homicide detective. And he said, uh, hey, what do you think about coming and handling the media for the sheriff's office for me? And I said, no. No. Of course, as you guys might recall, they were coming off a bit of a scandal at the Tulsa County Sheriff's Office from that time. And if you could have written a book about how to handle a scandal wrong, that agency did it. (laughs) You know, I think everybody knows stuff was covered up and they just went about it the wrong way. And I knew it would be an uphill battle to try and turn things around there. And I just had another baby, I was going to go to yoga class and PTA meetings, and I was like, yeah, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> and then I'm watching this press conference that was held where some mud was being thrown at the front runner, who was this guy. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they finished talking, and at the back of the room, you hear, are you done yet? And all the cameras turn around, and he's standing at their press conference walks up, takes the microphone from the moderator, and turns the whole thing around and speaks his truth. Oh, oh goodness. Oh, so <laughs> but, but, hold on. He gets the Liberty Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Two decades in news. I had never seen anything like it. And I saw what I was doing, and I looked at my husband, and I said, Mama's going back to work. <laughs> glad that I did because it has been such a great journey um, making the people at the sheriff's office proud of where they work again and um, that has been just fantastic and I'm so grateful to him for bringing me on and it's also given me insight into how things work on the other side of the business. I'd always been the one asking the questions and shaping what it would look like and in my little reporter mind I'm like I'm doing God's work. (laughs) No one would ever lie in the media. No. I thought you did that. She's got a gamble because she might really go for broke. See? They do. It was disheartening. Like it's just this level. I was so surprised. So. It's been very eye-opening. Um, I don't sweep everyone with the same broad brush, but it was uh, it was very enlightening for me to kind of know that we got to be on our game, choose your words very carefully, choose your battles very carefully, because at the end of the day, everything that, that he does and I do is about making the people where we work proud of where they're at. Mm-hmm. So we're mindful of that and all the decisions that we make. But this job has been a blessing to me. And thank you guys for having me on. This is so much fun. Wait, so before you, before you end, I, I want you to answer the question okay. of what happened to him and what with the Tulsa world. Like, okay. you're from that field. So help yes. us, the public, understand what happened to him. So at the end of the story, I have to give the reporter credit in the fact that if you read the actual article itself, it's fairly reflected what he said. Mm-hmm. But nobody reads the article. No. Small print. Read the headline. (laughs) And technically, was the headline accurate? Kind of. 
but what they did is, I think it's, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, readership for newspapers is, is down. Mm -hmm. The total world has had multiple layoffs. It's just that everybody's getting their news digitally, mm -hmm. or some are even watching TV. But what they did that was clever was they put it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And it just had the headline, and that's all it took. Just for an example, good friend of mine doing my hair, and I'm like, what? Why are you? Why are you being so impatient with me? He's like, your boss. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, you probably know because you probably had a hand in it. <laughs> He's like, you know, saying Trump's not responsible for the insurrection, and I'm like, right. did you read it? No. No. <laughs> No matter how carefully you choose your words right. and how what he said was accurate and fair, it just takes the headline. It gets the clicks. The clicks get the money. That's how it works. Right. Wow. So in, in effect, wow. you're saying social media conditioning doesn't oh, just determine headlines, but it also shapes and maybe even crafts how people view news. Oh, there's like, no and one day we'd like to talk to you again about the the journey to that mindset. I think that would be a great broadcast, so just to do the journey to that mentality. Mm -hmm. Because I think that if we're going to be fair and, and reform the citizens, we need to have something, a place of beginning. Like how did we get here? I mentioned the whole part of um, – in the 60s, down with establishment and down with institutions and down with law. And if it feels good, do it and, you know, put your intellect in the, in the toilet and bring up your emotions and work on your instincts. Sure. All of those are real dynamics, and, but they all spring from a, a very intelligent, mm -hmm. very procedural and systematic um, process of thoughts. And so I would like for us to do that because the journey, if we don't, when we don't go to where we began, you, you never fix anything in the problem. You fix it in its origin. You know, you have to go down. If you want to stop cancer, you've got to go down to where it began. You don't just lamp that ball thing on the top. So I would love for us to talk about that. But do you think that as a former journalist, you know, in that media, you think that would be a conversation worth having? Absolutely I do. Um, because I think even in, in the young reporters that I deal with now, keep in mind, Tulsa is what we call a middle-sized market. Where, uh, you know, it's kind of rare for like a Lori Fulbright or someone to stay around for 20 plus years and really get to know the market and, and get ingrained in the community. So what you have is generally reporters that are very young, very inexperienced. They'll be here for two or three years and then they don't, they don't get invested in the community. Mm -hmm. They want to get the headlines so they can get the bigger job in a bigger market. So my advice is always to be very, very critical, especially even with law enforcement when I would teach it. I'm like, if you want to get the scoop, give it to somebody who's invested in you and your community and isn't going to step on the back of your neck to get the headline, burn you, and get a better job. Ooh, oh, that's a good piece of information. Come on and give God a praise. That's a good piece of – oh, she gets a bell. I got to give up. Oh, no. Here's my bell. I got to – okay, come on. You don't hide my stuff. Let me tell you. I got a bell. I got a bell. That's my hat. Because it's important that we know that. So, and I know you do training. So, do you have online trainings? Like, if I had you come in and do a webinar, would you be able to do something like that? I would with be my, happy to do that. Because we have to train the citizens yes, on the yes. media. There needs to be retraining. Yes. Because right now, the training is coming 
from those who have a vested interest in overturning the foundation, you know? And we have that book. If the foundation be removed, where will the righteous appear? That is a very powerful statement, so I would love for us to do that. I'm going to switch a little bit. We're going to give the preacher the mic again. <laughs> so we're going we to be the sheriff with a pulpit. See how the pulpit right here is going to say, I'm the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> but I would like you to talk a little bit, especially to the issues of how law enforcement has been painted over the years, how the, you know, I think about movies, especially in the black community. We all know how many movies there are against law enforcement, whether they're right, whether they're wrong, whether they're good, whether they're bad, it doesn't matter. But, that, but it still all formed our culture and framed our responses and reaction to law enforcement, period. Now, are there issues to be fixed? Yes, there are. I can tell you my family suffered a lot from it. But that, you know, my mom used to say, two wrongs don't bring it right. You know, so it won't make it right. So I would like you to talk about that and then talk about being a Christian in, in law enforcement. I mean, you're a Christian. How can you uphold the law of the world with that? I know Romans 13 is probably a big part of it. Uh, but then the last piece in that is where do we as Christians need to redirect our impressions and opinions to work with God on this? That's the question. Uh, well, first off, let me right, start with <laughs> the pressure's on. Uh, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, our, overall, our, our view of law enforcement is, is often guided by movies and the media and things like that. So, if you watch, if you believe Hollywood, you know, it depends what movie you're watching. We're either Dirty Harry, right, and Saving the Day, or Lethal Weapon. <laughs> or, or, you know, or we're the bad guys doing bad things. Um, you know, it's one or the other. It, it really never shows the reality of police work. And and, and I don't, you know, I know to, to, in their defense and in full transparency, I, I don't blame them because the reality uh, of law enforcement, people don't want to see that because on a day-to-day basis, what you don't hear is, you know, you, you hear the shootings, right, because that's just, who doesn't click on that to figure out there's been a shooting, right? And, uh, but it's the other stuff that never makes them use. You know, it's the stuff that we see on a day-to-day basis. Children being abused, you know, uh, women being battered senselessly. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, filthy conditions that we see children in. Addiction and mental uh, illness, how it has affected our community so bad um, and what it has done. You don't see those things because, one, people don't want to see that. Yeah. On a day-to-day basis, seeing it is very depressing. Two, your politicians, right, don't want to see that because nothing has been done about those things, right? So it's much easier to redirect and say, well, racism is systemic in law enforcement. Let's look at that. Well, I, I wish people would look at that because the reality is that the facts do not show that. Okay, and, and I would tell you this, is that having been in law enforcement close to 30 years now, uh, I would tell you that, well, I'm not here, I should reverse, I'm not here to tell you that law enforcement is perfect, it's far from that. And I would tell you that anything that is human is far from perfect, okay? There, there is no such thing. And I've always said that if you have a perfect organization somewhere, please let me know because I really want to be a part of it. I'm trying. I'm <laughs> and, uh, and you know, so let, let's let's just get that out there. Are there bad cops? Yep. 
There is. Right? All throughout history. Are there bad teachers? Yep. Are there bad doctors? Yep. Okay. The difference is those don't get don't get the clicks, but a bad cop will get yeah. the clicks left and right. Right. You know, because we are supposed to uphold the law. We are supposed to be perfect. We are supposed to be uh, the pillars of our community, right? And that's okay. We wear a badge, you know, so we stand out. We wear a uniform. We stand out in public, and we represent something much bigger than ourselves. And, you know, so when you have a bad cop, it's like a fallen angel. Well, is there a better, more exciting story? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's exciting, you know, because it, it allows people to judge, you know, and everybody, I, nobody likes to do this. They like to do that. Yeah. Right. You know? and so I, I think a lot of that has to, to do with the perception. But the reality is, like I said, it, it's much, uh, you know, less interesting but more important when you look at it. Um, because it deals with the realities uh, of things that we should be changing as a society, and we're not. So cops deal with that on a day-to-day basis. Um, and, and in regards to, you know, how does being a Christian, how does God come into play? With how long have you been a Christian? When did you get that? Well, I'm a Catholic, and I, I was born. My parents were Catholic, so we went to Catholic church all the time. Um, so God's always been in my life as a Christian. Um, I'm a terrible one, though. I'll be honest. God help us. I'm going to have you to know, work on you. I'm going yeah, to give you a bit of help. I, I, am, <laughs> I am the first to admit I'm a better sinner than I am a Christian. Oh, Lord. They have to change that testimony. Every day. Yes. Yeah. I, every day I, I work on it. And, um, I hope every day we all work on it. Yeah. Yes, we do. I, I, I uh, you know, so I, and I say that because it's funny, you know, after that. How many politicians do you say going, I'm a better sinner than I am a Christian, right? That's, I mean, that's really it's, helping it's, the Jesus market, though, don't you think? That's really working with the man's market. That's the reality, because a lot of times what happens is you get these politicians that will, they can quote you everything from the Bible. And they can, I mean, boy, they sound good. And they're about the antithesis of a Christian, and they're real, mm-hmm. right? And then we always wonder, what? What we did, this guy, but he, but he was quoting Romans not too long ago. Now he's, you know, he's got a dead prostitute in his, in his, oh, in his trunk. Oh, you know? <laughs> 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 I, I went to the other. By the way, phone and I need to get on the phone. But the point is, right? You know, we have to deal with the imperfection. Yeah. And so, anyway. No, that was really good. I appreciate, we appreciate it. <laughs> well, I've watched about three movies with that one. <laughs> Going back to the question is how does God work within law enforcement? Mm-hmm. Well, That's let me tell you true. this, it, and it goes back to what I just told you about the, our realities. I, I can tell you I've seen some of the most vile things in this world uh, as, a, as a cop. And what it made me realize is that if I didn't have God in my life to believe that there can be something better, there is something better, mm-hmm. and there is something worth fighting for, then why are we here, you know? It's like finding out that the devil's real. People go, well, that's bad. Actually, no, because that solidifies the fact that so is God. And, you know, so if, you know, I was, this is such a wonderful story. I was, you know, I wish I had an original thought, and I really don't. I, I'm a sum total of people in my life that are much smarter than me, um, and I take from them their wisdom, you know, and I apply it in a lot of things that I do as a sheriff. And, um, 
the story I heard just recently was of a gentleman that he was a uh, high-ranking individual in his business. Okay, now it was Boeing, which you know back in the eighties, nineties was what, right, mm-hmm. here, right, mm-hmm. it would be it. And he was he he was based out of Seattle, and he said this, and this is so interesting. He goes, "I was a young man, but I had on, on the surface I had everything. I had a ton of money, right." Mm-hmm. Business was going. I was an executive. And, you know, nine out of ten people would have done anything to change things with me. And he, but what I did, what they didn't know is that uh, in that region, where three out of four people do not believe in God, great deal. He goes, so essentially, that's a godless area, right? And he said, I was the same way. I was brought up in atheist. We didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in hell. We didn't, we didn't believe. In and he goes, and it wasn't until one day he walked into downtown Seattle, and he looked over and he saw this church. And he goes, and it was the darndest thing. It was early morning. I'd gone out, left the office, went for a walk, and I see this church. And I'm like, something said, go in there. And so I went in there, and there was no service going on. He goes, and I sat in the pew, and I started thinking about life. And he's like, I have all this money. I have all, everything I could ever want but what does it matter at the end of the day? What does it matter? I'm going to die, and that's it. And he goes, and that left a very terrible feeling with me. He goes, so the next thing I know, it was eight hours later, and he had been having what he called an argument with God. And he says at the end of that eight hours, he, he forgot to go to work. <laughs> the whole day was spent in this pew. He left there at Christian. And he said, the weirdest thing is that the day I left there, my life changed. I found a wife who happened to be a Christian and found her in a place where three out of four people don't believe in God. (laughs) Has been married ever since. His business has been beautiful. And he said, and the reason I think that happened was two things. One, God brought me to him, right? Two, the second reason wouldn't happen until years later when Boeing changed, okay? And he said that at the time, he was asked with firing all the people. And I said, he goes, and I fired a lot of people in my time. That's just what you do when you're, when you're up there. But I had a real problem with time because I was told to fire the people that had nothing to do mm. with Boeing going down. Mm. And the ones that were responsible were the ones telling me, go fire these people. Mm. And he said, no, I won't do that. Right, and so he ended up having to leave Boeing, and uh, the difference was is that he said, now God in his life, he didn't sweat that. Mm-hmm. He knew that God had brought him there for that reason, and that everything would be fine. And so he gets canned and leaves, and he ends up getting a, a just as good a job later on as he did mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm, you know, that story really permeates with me because that's the same here in law enforcement. If, if it wasn't the fact that I felt there was something worth finding for in this world and that the faith in God helps me rid myself of those day-to-day fears and anxiety. Because I'm like, yeah, I want everybody like me. Yeah. I mean, if you say something bad about me on social media, I will, I will seek her, I will look at it and go, but they don't even know me. <laughs> I feel like if they knew me, they knew me. You want to take, yeah, what you want to do? You want to invite them for dinner, take them out for coffee? Come on, let me just unveil myself. I really think it'd be a coffee and lunch. I think it'd be a coffee and lunch. Right? 
So I really, you know, so it's stuff like that that, you know, I have to go, hey, that's okay. You know, I'm going to get through this. And without without God and without that faith and that belief, I can't imagine doing something like law enforcement. Why? Because it's just so bad. Okay, that it's endless. It's kind of like, okay, I got three off the street and ten more came on the street. And, you know, and, and in those con- – I have to thank you for sharing that. I think that – I think that my viewers and my audience needed to hear that because you sometimes you, again, we need more of the other side because we just, you know, especially when we see you come in as the law, we don't think you even have a heart. You know, we really don't. We don't think that, and we know that you're, in our minds, you're running off of an ethnic script. And that is what we want to address. You're running off this ethnic script of, well, they're this color, and then they're that color, and then you're in that neighborhood. And then to hear someone say, first of all, I start out with God. And, and I start out with God because I have to know that it's worth it for me to, A, put my life on the line, B, fight for the underprivileged and the vulnerable, the abused and the downtrodden. I have to know that all of that is worth it. But I think out of everything, when you all agree, the man, you know, because see, we talk about this in, 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 in uh, ministry all the time. Did you see that there was no altar call? Right. Because, you know, we always have the big thing, well, how many people came to the altar? Well, baby, if people come to the altar, and they come to the altar, altar sniffing and snotting and carrying on, we never, Jesus never hear from them again. All right? But to hear God coming after his own, that is the thing that I absolutely adore, that God comes for his own. And because in the end, it is the, we are his possession. So I, I want to thank you for that testimony as well. And then the other piece about God, you know, when somehow or another, and probably when we visit again, we're talking about, you know, God's not in politics. And I keep trying to tell people, but Isaiah, among others, but Isaiah 9 says to us that the government is on Jesus' shoulders. Come on. Okay, I mean, so what is that? What government are we talking about? Because if this heaven's government, we all got to die to enjoy it. <laughs> okay? So I'm, I'm kind of, I, I really feel safe thinking it's earthly government. You know, I'm thinking that. But we have a lot of work to do because the church has become so congregational centric. Everything is in the congregation. It's all about the congregation and not us as the nation of Jesus Christ, which is what Peter said. You know, the early apostles said that we are the what? Royal priesthood and what? Holy nation. We made ourselves simple congregations. That's not what God started out with. He started out with all of those who were in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's where God is. So we are a biogenic population. We have to start, and that's what the early church was. That's what made folk mad. You know, they got the Antioch. Antioch is like, wait a minute, hold on. Those apostles got to preaching, elders got to praying. You're talking about Acts 13. And what did they say? Wait a minute, y'all remind us of Chris. That man, it, it, I heard he died. Did we kill him? I thought we killed Don't tell me he, he left all of these kids behind. Is that powerful or not? When we can get the church to stop identifying as a congregation, a bunch of segmented, diverse, of you know, I won't even say diverse, divided congregations and come back to our biogenetics of the Godhead. When we can do that, then we're going to do again one more time, change the world and turn it upside down. Now, I know you all have to leave, but I'd like to hear from 
Katie, one more time. I'm sure you want to speak into that just a little bit. And then you can tell us what we, the church and Christians, can do on this whole other media public relations side. I think the, the hardest battle that I faced getting in there was getting the public to view law enforcement as people and not just uniforms or somebody that was on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're doing here is so valuable to that. So thank you for this platform because what I've tried to do is humanize this badge. These are people that wear them with families, with faith. Right that wouldn't enter into this profession if they weren't doing God's work and they didn't care about people. And I think that is where we start with this. Let's view these as people that are here as a goodness of their heart because they want to serve and they want to be shepherds to this flock. And they don't do it for the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of a pitch is it? Come work for crappy money, risk your life, <laughs> and be the subject of public hatred. Yeah. They wouldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, that, that, I don't think that ought, no. no. <laughs> So I think exactly what you're doing here is exactly what needs to happen. Let's view these as, as your neighbors and as your friends, as your church family, and realize that these are people that wear that badge, and they're here to help you, and they care about you. And I think that's where we make that inroad right there. Yeah, I think it's a good start, you know. Uh, a very good start. But one of the things that we have to do, I, I, I know that a problem has got to be solved by counteraction. We have to change because the action of the climate, change the action that got us here. For example, and you've heard me say it when we've talked in other times that about, you know, you're talking about the public has MTV, they've got VH1, they've got rap music, they've got movies. They, they're on a daily Endless diet of hatred, of anarchy, and of uprisings and protests. That is a diet. So we can send you to all the classes we want. We can, you can get an A. We're going to make you valedictorian. <laughs> she can write the most phenomenal, positive pieces and, and all of that. But if that stops at your realm, at your door, then how do we get on the other side of that door? How do we do that when we, when we have a media and social media that is breeding? We're not even talking about feeding. We've gone past feeding. You know, in the 60s to maybe early 2000s, we were feeding. But now we're breeding this hostility. We're breeding a hostile nation. It's almost as if we are in this hothouse of poisonous plants that are being tended to as if they're the wealthiest thing on the planet, that the profit in them is unbelievable. And so my whole objective, and, you know, we talked about some of the things I want to do, and then I'm planning, is that whether it's law enforcement, whether it's judges, whether it's, you know, attorneys, whether it's business, right now we're being taken out by hot house, hateful hot house CEOs and presidents. They were bred to do this. They were bred, like, so, so they're bred. So that's the whole power of that. Not do, but Lord, they, they're telling them how to act. They're telling you how to think. But my prayer, and I do believe that God's going to do this. I do believe it because God has made up his mind. I'm not finished with America. And so I believe that he's going to do this. But we need to give him tools. It's you. You are not just a, a, an officer. You're an instrument. And and you, Casey, you're an implement. You're how we implement this. And we are going to have to think about it, not just as from the human part, but also as the engineering architectural piece. 
This is an architecture engineer society. This is architect of consciousness. So we have to begin to do that, I think. And so I would like to have each one of you just, before you leave, because you only have a couple of minutes, just to comment on just those thoughts. What are your thoughts about that? You're in the field. You're doing this. And you, too, are handling it. Well, I, I think that I'll go to, to the idea that, you know, uh, divisiveness is much easier to control. And, and people go, well, how's that? Well, if we're divided as a people, as a community, right, and part of us says, well, we believe this, and part says we believe that, and we never get it together. But the ruling party, they're all on the same page. Yeah. Oh, no, they're unified. Very much so. And, uh, you know, so, so the easiest way to divide a people is race. Race has always been a trigger, you know. And as long as you get them believing, well, we all hate each other because you're this color, I'm this color, you believe that, and I believe that. You're much easier to govern, and, and that's what people don't realize. And you know, and so then you you divide it, and then you get then you say, well, this group over here is right, this group over here is wrong. So now you need to further divide it, right? Because now you've said, well, these people, this group over here is legitimate, and we're going to tell you that through social media and through the media, and day after day, as you talk about day after day, because if you say it enough times, you will believe it, right? And now you've got a segment of our uh, uh, community believing this other part is evil. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and, and then you take it a step further. And you say, well, why is there an obvious and all-out attack on Christianity? Well, that's a, a religion of God, right? Why? Because you answer, as Christians, you answer to God. You don't answer right. to mm-hmm. a government. And that is not good when you have a people that are answering to a, to, to a God and not you, right? You're not easy to control when, you know, you ever try going up, you know, telling a, telling a Christian person, look at what you're doing. Right? So was this just a gesture? Right? You touched on it earlier, right? It's like, you know, social media comes after you and you're like, so? Well, that's not easy to control. Right. You know, when you, when you, nothing you can say bothers me because I answer somebody much greater than you. Yeah. That's a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, you know, that's what's happening today. And, you know, but I, 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 again, I believe that that can go so far until people go, wait a minute. This is not what they said it would be. And you see it happening. Mm hmm. Right. Now, see it flow. Yeah, absolutely. All you got to do is look. You got to look yourself because mm-hmm. it ain't going to be, it's not going to be put out there, right? Mm-hmm. And easy for you to find. But it is happening. People are listening and going, wait a minute, that, this is not making sense, right? And that's why I say every time, question, if you do anything, I don't care what you do, okay? I mean, I, you know, don't go off share and bring a lot of work. Go look for yourself. Question. Don't go with group thing. And I right. will truly believe that if you question, You'll find the answer. Mm-hmm. They're there. I mean, yeah, they're absolutely there. They're right there. And all you got to do is that, and go looking for it. And so I, I think, you know, that, you know, things will get better, but, um, you know, it's going to take a lot, a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but it, we will. And, and um, you know, as a community, I think we'll come back together and we'll realize that this, we're not in a, in a race-based society. We're in a, a wealthy class society. You have the ultimate wealth. And then you have the rest of us. And that's really what it is. And, uh, 
no, 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 we, we're doing well. And, and until you get out of the country, you don't know how well we're doing. You don't have the two or three minutes that you're going to be made at your appointment, and then you're going to blame me. And, and I, I know that's Well, you know what, but I, I got a script, now. don't worry about me, because I got a script, and I'm going to put this whole thing up. That, yes, I am, because, you know, and, and I'll tell you the truth, as everybody wants to be liked, but I have been all my days having to wrestle with this. So I'm okay with whichever way God wants to format me to be used. I just think that you're doing a great start right here. And I can't tell you how important these partnerships are into making these inroads. Um, that's what we have to do. You have to help us reach the communities that have fear of law enforcement and make them see our members as people that are here to help them. Um, maybe turn off the social media for a little bit. Oh, you know? Yeah, we're going to have a whole, I think we could call a whole 24-hour social media fact. Yes, we can call that a social media. Took 24 hours because the rest of y'all be going into detox and tearing all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they get the little shaky, but he's a detox. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. I have yeah. to admit it. But I think my frustration comes is where people take what they see on social media as fact. Mm-hmm. They don't think yeah. for themselves, they don't think critically, they assume everything that they see on there is factual. So anything to do to help us fight that narrative would also be very helpful. Well, you know, I, I, I will be doing it. I appreciate our part. We've been setting up a lot of partnerships here in Tulsa. Now, let me not hold you. I'm going to release you so that you at least are on time or, or you are explainably late. You <laughs> 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 can explain it, not blaming, explain it. And thank you so much for joining us. We're going to, uh, obviously, we're going to meet again and, and, and do and talk again. And we definitely, she's going to contact you, make sure she has your information so we can start getting those, because I want to have the training, uh, and I'll share with you. Maybe we'll get together next week sometime, have lunch. I can share with you what I'm doing, and then we can move on. Hey, guys, give God a praise for this powerful thing. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh, what a blessing. What a blessing. Now, you know, and we'd like to hear you post, and if you're going to post Venom, I'm probably going to dump you. Because this is not the Venom site. But that's what I said. Don't, we're not gonna, if you're going to post Venom, we're going to dump you. That's how that's going to happen. So, But if you want to give us your feedback on this, share a little bit, and make sure that you share it. Come on, possibly. We're going to let you get back in your um, God bless. Have a great day, great weekend. There you go. Here. Good. So we can... We are going, uh, so we can do the training, I think, is awesome, because we want to do these kinds of things. It's great, again, as we said, uh, it's great to have, because we had, was it the SISM people here before? We're going to have them on next. But it's great to say, we're, you know, they need to train these cops. They need to train these lawyers. They need to train these. But it's kind of like if you train if you train the doctors on a new treatment and don't train the people who are going to receive the treatment. The training is bottlenecked. And so what we're seeing is that they're working. I mean, we've been at their meetings. We've been there. They've shared some of the things that they do. Is the door is 100%? Well, if you can find 100% on earth, I need you to buy a coffin. Because you're about to get out of here. Because there's nothing 100% on the planet. No. You know? So I, 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 we're going to continue from time to time to bring you there. But we need to be responsible. If you are really for a solution, then you cease to be the problem. And you begin to take and get education in the solution so that you can overturn the problem. 
Well, there were so many great things that were said in this segment. Sheriff Vic, he's amazing. This character is welcome. I love it. I love it <laughs> because, and even what she said about making our law enforcement officers people <laughs> and human and the group think, which is something you taught us years ago, yeah. early, early, early in the game with you. Even we as a team did not. Uh, this, I think this was a praise team had not talk to each other about whatever, but all came to the same conclusion about something that Dr. Price wanted not being important. Mm-hmm. And so nobody did it. Now, nobody talked about not doing it, but nobody did it. Mm-hmm. And imagine all of our surprise when we sat there and nobody had done it. And she, that was the first time I ever heard the phrase groupthink and how you will come to a group consensus having never actually talked about it but the sentiment mm-hmm. becomes apparent by everybody's collective action or inaction on a matter. And how, so, I mean, case in point, he's sitting here pouring his heart out about what you're seeing as a law enforcement officer, mm-hmm. the children, the deplorable conditions, the, the women beaten out of their minds, all these kind of things. And what does one of our viewers, somebody from somewhere, posting? How can you say that systematic, systemic racism isn't it? Now, he didn't say that. He Never. And I think the population needs to start with listening skills. Right. How about it? Okay. And then communication analysis. Nope. Because what did he say? He And the first time I met Sheriff Vic behind the scenes when you were doing the panel discussion with them, he said, you know, the, the uh, left agenda in the left media does such a great job at redirecting yeah. all of the ire at law enforcement. These people don't realize it is the politicians. Mm-hmm that are not doing their job. And so they keep putting them back in office and keep putting them back in office and blaming us on the street when actually the the systems that you want to have changed, that's them Mm -hmm. who need to change it. That your neighborhoods being in the state they're in, that's them. Well, you know, I mean, come on, the the, the police aren't on Capitol Hill unless they're just patrolling the halls to keep you, you know, keep it safe and to keep it orderly. They're not not in your, your chambers. They're not, nobody's asking them for a vote. But, again, we have got to – this thing has become inverted. And so in order for you to have to begin to, you know, excuse yourself or become – escape your criticism or, or offload your burden of responsibility, you have to find scapegoats. Yeah. Well, you called it the ethnic script. Yeah, the ethnic script. I think that's real. a powerful statement because it's true. We only hear with ethnic ears. Yes. Yeah. And so when he this this is tied to the whole Black Lives Matter mentality that no no it doesn't this come on now and so even with us in, in the black community with police officers and everything it's still the same thing nobody else is responsible we don't own up to any kind of contribution to a circumstance or situation like you said and like he said nobody is saying the system is close to being perfect but no aspect of the system is perfect. And that was what he said. So if you got, let's do some communication analysis. He said no aspect of the, he did not say the system just generically. Right. He's saying no system. The doctors, no, go online and look at how many doctors make mistakes. Go online and see how many attorneys lose their cases. Go online and see how many buildings have substandard materials. And as a result, we've had catastrophes. Go online, just look at every system. If right. there are seven mountains or seven spheres, I want you to find perfection in one. Right. So, but, but it's hard for people to think comprehensive. 
It's just very, very difficult for people to think comprehensively because this, this between the educational system, because when we grew up, you had a whole spectrum that you had to learn. Mm-hmm. But, but to think comprehensively is very difficult for the average person because they have shrunk the brain streams, literally the streams of the brain, down to one string. Yes. So they're in these single strings, me, myself, and I, mo, me, my. Mm-hmm. And so it's always about them. And so if you're going to change society, it takes the population broadening your thoughts. But having a desire to be more than heard, right now, they, ca- they don't care about you being right. They don't even want you to be right, because if you're right, you're going you're gonna to change the political process. If you're right, you're going to change the, uh, the, the uh, what do you call it, the voting. You're going to change the uh, elected officials. You're going to change all of that. So they don't want you to be right. But they want you to, to seduce you into thinking, voicing, and being heard is being right. You're not making a difference because you're screaming and cussing. You're just filling the air with noise. Wow. And taking everybody owning up to their responsibility in making the change. Mm-hmm. That statement that you honed in on, which you said even on that panel discussion, but we need people reform. We need community reform. We have got to get in and begin to dismantle this all the way around, mm-hmm. or else it's not going to change. When it, nothing is ever only one person's fault, like that. Even if even in abusive relationships, you keeping yourself in a position to be abused is part of the contribution of the abuse going on against you, not to say that obviously the person abusing you, that is an obvious problem, but there's still two parts to, to keep that perpetuating and going. And so even in talking about that community reform, us sitting back down at the tables and saying, okay, like you said, how do we do this and how do we examine? But we have got to come in with the mentality of there is a responsibility across the board on all, on all to sides. make the change. Yep. And not just, what, what do we see with George Floyd? Now, we have lit the nation literally on Put fire. it on fire. Put it on fire, destroyed neighborhoods, black communities, black-owned businesses, took out people being killed, black people being killed, all in the name of this man who, when the autopsy finally rolls out and everything happens, you find out the man was dying already. He was saying, I can't breathe before he got into the car. When they rolled it all back after, and the man had so many drugs in his system, it was like which one was going to kill him before he even got to a hospital, if it got to that. But who, who talks about that? Nobody does. And, 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 and no, but then, and then we, we literally made an icon out of a, a social deviant, yes. a criminal. Now, he had probably had reasons. I believe the man was thoroughly abused coming up. I believe he had a whole lot of things in his soul because, you know, drugs are chosen to assuage some sort of soul agony, some yeah. sort of soul sorrow and pain. I'm with that. But it used to be a time that black people rallied around success. It used to be a time that yeah. black people mobilized because of, of undeserved treatment of a valedictorian, of a civic leader of but now we rally around the failures. That's true. See we don't think success is worth prestige. Mm. We think now failing society. 
Now, this has, uh, to me, we, again, if we went back all the way back to the, the lab, all the way back to the, 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 the planning, the strategy sessions and the, the think tank that came up with this, then you'd have to go back to that think tank and find out why, who thought we should do this, what did it contribute to the downfall of America? Right. And what group thought that this was a good idea? So we're going to make people, I mean, you got, you got teachers saying, well, you know, don't worry about it, honey. If you can't get it, it's all right. We're just going to swing. Everything was taken down. Everything dropped down. And so, and they made it very fun. They made it, you know, you had outfits. You had slogans on your T-shirts. You had all of that kind of stuff. made it very fun to be less than the best. And then to be, and then we'll drop their bar, uh, uh, bar a little more, and we're going to be less than the less until eventually we become the less of the least. Wow. Yes. Wow. And so we're that, that's a now that a think tank came up with that. Yes. A, a, a group of people came up with that, and it, and they tried it in little areas and whatever, and they used the thing. Well, it's too hard for you to try to climb, so just drop, yep. just mm-hmm. drop. Well, it's too hard for you to do homework, so just drop, just drop. Don't try. But, but, but when you are a thinker, see, because right now, this whole thing was about making feelers, feelers. emotional, reactive feelers. It's all about feelers. How does that make you feel? Now, when you go, when they say, I don't feel like going to class, all of a sudden, we don't care about your feelings. <laughs> so as we go, as we begin to look at this, this here, this was the, this is the social engineering, culture crafting, and consciousness fusing and infusion, because this has been consciousness infusion, we got all at its best, at its absolute most diabolical best. And when they talk about we're changing, we're changing, you know, the progressives, the progressives don't care about progress because everything they want to do is ancient. Go and do your homework. All that the progressives want to do is actually retrogressive. They're talking about pagan religions. They're talking about pagan worship. They're talking about ancient deities. They're talking about ancient rites and ancient rituals and all of those things. That's retrogression, masquerading as progression. Mm-hmm. Because the only, uh, only God in creation that cares about your future is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christianity elevated women. Judaism elevated women to some degree, and Jesus completed it. But only the, every other deity wants you to be a wreck, a mess, devastated, disgusted, degraded, and perverted. That's every other deity. Look them up. If you're going to go and say, I'm, I'm not a Christian, I want to be a goddess, then go look up what goddesses do. Go look up at how they have come. You're talking about celebrating Diana, who is a fallen deity, and talking about she's a diva? They kicked her out of her own heaven. And she fell on the ground, and she had to become terrestrial when she was once quasi-celestrial. But you're a diva. You're a dead goddess. You're a fallen goddess. You're a depowered goddess. So the best you can do is throw on some little man-made costume and try to present the image of the glory that you left when you got put out. Wow. And we can go on. We can do this. Angels that left their first estate, they were all male. There was no goddess that doesn't know. If you mean primordial Enoch, it tells you that it tells you.
Either one of them decided, I'll play the female role so we can seduce the women into sleeping with us. Now, you can say I don't agree with that all day long, but it's happening. See, if it wasn't happening, that will be fine. But we can, we're looking at it. And so when you start talking about all of this, but I, I'm sorry, I just, I don't want to celebrate this, and I don't want to celebrate that, and I don't want to do this, and I don't want to do that, and I'm not a Christian because of this or that. You know, the big thing, the Christianity, the white man religion, so why y'all kick Jesus out of Africa? And Jesus was Middle Eastern. He was Israeli. If we're going to talk about that, he was Israeli. So why did you kick him out? So you see, but Satan doesn't care if you think. He doesn't want you to have thought processing. This confusion and throwing everything to you as a confusion means that you'll just pick the piece that you can process. And that feeds into the divisiveness that he was just talking about. So I can't, man, I can't. You know, because how many of you all said, I can't sort it out? All I know is that I just do this. I can't figure out who's right and who's wrong, so I'll just do that. You're sitting there talking about it, and I will say this, and then, you know, um, you'll be able to speak into it. But you're talking about Christians ought not to be in politics when Christianity started politics, right. when Ju- Judaism started politics, where, where politics began with the gods and not with their humans. Mm-hmm. So how in the world are you making that connection? Mm-hmm. Where did you get that from? You got it from a preacher who read a book got a fortune cookie, read a sniffer, and that preacher decided to tell you that we should not be in politics. Nobody took Christians out of politics with Satan because the best is always going to rise. The cream rises to the top. So we shouldn't be in politics. Come on, hit it. Go ahead. I'm going to let you hit it. Yeah, there you go. You want to hit it again? Yeah. Um, not three. everything about it. So, because when Christians were in politics, we did not have this. So Satan said, hold on, I can't find a place for my fallen devil. I can't find a seat for them. They're going to be oppressed. They're going to be homeless. And what they're trying to do to us is what we had as a stronghold with them globally. Christianity ruled the world. Now, they might have ruled it wrong, but it doesn't mean that they shouldn't have it. Your doctor, that doctor may have lost three patients before it operated on you, but you're in emergency right now, and guess what? You're going to take your chances, well, <laughs> and you're going to pray. And you know what? You're going to pray to God. Okay, whatever God is around, and whoever you are. So when you start having, when you, we start thinking differently, then we're going to be able to take back this thing. We're going to have to stop thinking that unless you're in the pulpit, you are not a minister. Where did that crazy come from? The first ministers didn't begin in pulpits. They began in chambers. They began in government office. They began as military leaders. They began as, as monarchs and sovereigns. They began as ambassadors. That's what they did. Those were the first ministers. So if you're going to come after somebody, be right and do your homework. Stop showing your ignorance. Stop literally immortalizing your ignorance. You're immortalizing your ignorance. I now have from this woman how ignorant she really is. And I have it in writing. Now, I could have ignored it, but I didn't. I just wrote back the truth. Where do you think Prime Minister came from? Did he come from the Prime Church or congregation? Come on. Come on. 
prime, prime minister meant the sovereign, the first sovereign or the first uh, uh, officer of a king, of a monarch. Sovereignty. A sovereign first minister. Prime first. Because the world was monarchy. And that's why God did the King James Version, because heaven's a monarchy. Heaven is not a democracy. I know y'all like to think we're going to get there and vote Jesus out. <laughs> y'all already got your vote. Uh-uh. And I'm going to tell you something. Ain't no dominion in heaven that's going to vote him out. I'm just saying. So you're not going to vote Jesus out. As a matter of fact, Hebrews said that he said that he said that he was already appointed by God. Jesus was appointed by God to be a high priest over the order of Melchizedek. He was appointed heir of the world. He was appointed sovereign of sovereign. You're not going to move Jesus out. And Jesus did not start as a church congregation. He's sovereign. Revelation 12 tells us, Hebrews 12 tells us. So if you're talking about the church is supposed to mirror God's world on earth, then you need to understand that a takeover happened if you think we shouldn't be in power. So don't write that stupid. Now, do your homework first. Because see, right now, you're, you're, you're writing, writing from your flesh. You're inflamed flesh, inflamed by an ideal in somebody else's ideology. You've never taken time to think it out for yourself. You didn't take time to do that. You didn't even, you could, you, if you're a Christian, you could at least ask the Holy Ghost. You need someone, no one to teach you. you got the unction of the Holy Spirit. You could have turned to your unction. See, when you turn to your unction, then you get the king's unction. You didn't even ask. Because you know what? You have been programmed by God's antagonist, by the Lord Jesus' adversary. You know, and so it's easy for you to sit there and say, well, this is what so-and-so said. The reason you all are sitting there talking about who's the true prophet and false prophet because you don't know a prophecy from divination. You never even thought about, wait a minute, I mean, everything must be prophecy, just like when we thought about everything must be God because he's the only God. No, 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 no. Before God distinguished himself, he backed up out of the earth. He backed up out of Adam, and he let Satan run all the way to Seth. That's an interesting thought. So he let Satan run all the way to Seth. And then as when Seth's kid was born, then it says, then men began to call on the name of the Lord. So what were they calling on before that? Do your homework. I'm going to keep saying that. We need to stop sounding stupid as Christians, and we need to stop sounding stupid as black folk, running on emotional rhetoric instead of divine revelation. You didn't hear that. Someone wrote me that. She didn't hear that from God. God never talked to her, and you can tell he's not going to talk to her again for a long time. Because she can't think. God's not going to talk to the prophet. He's not going to talk to the non-thinking because there's a way. There's a way through the thought. That's why they keep saying, you keep saying, well, why don't they stop? Because God said, what's the point? Jesus said, if they don't listen to you, if they won't hear me. If they don't hear me, they're not going to listen to you. So what's the point? We have been away from the Bible, and then the parts of the Bible that we stayed in, we altered it to the cultural consciousness of fallen angels. This is a turf war, not just on earth. This is a spiritual turf war. 
I don't know if that makes sense to you, but this is a real turf war. Devils are not trying to go back in the box. Pandora is fighting to stay open. And so when God's people step up and they become the thought leaders, they begin to think again. You need to think differently because your thought has your thought processes, even the ideas that you think of and the way you process truth are all based on corrupt mentality. And why is it corrupt? Because it did not come from the Almighty. So God goes all the way down and he says from, from starting as Seth, then the plan of redemption has come to earth. Now we're moving into the whole Noah's Ark thing. We're moving into Enoch governing the fallen angels so that he could, he made, you don't even realize what this man did. All you know is that he walked with God and he wasn't and God took him. So what was happening while he was walking with God? And what made God so pleased with him that he could not stay on the planet? What did he do? And then we move all the way down to Noah and the Ark. And we move all the way down to Abraham, because now God is bringing Jesus in the planet first genetically through the seed of Adam. There's no church. Enoch did not have a church. And the church, as we're talking about it, is not a building. When you start talking about Christianity, you're not talking about a building. And if you are, you're not saved. Because the church isn't a building. The church is a being. Right. I'll have to hit something, something girl. Hit that Liberty Bell. Look at this. She can't help herself. Okay, she said I can hit the bell. I can hit the bell. I can hit the bell. Liberty Bell. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We don't know the truth, so we are bound in a false freedom. This is a pseudo-liberty, and that's what the, 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 the designers and the, uh, the engineers of this particular era meant. They wanted to keep us in a sense of false security so we could keep thinking that American liberties were so until you got to the point you couldn't put this on Facebook, you couldn't put that on Twitter, you couldn't put that on Google, you couldn't put that on YouTube. Oh, where's the liberty? Because they changed the actual liberty bell to a delusion. So they want, they're working on the bell in your imagination. Wow. What you imagine from your mama, what you imagine from elementary school, what you imagine, they're working on that. They don't, there's no such thing as a liberty bell any longer, and it won't be if God's people don't get back in power. Right. Now, let's talk about that. You know, I am one of those people that's going, you know, I'm shareable, shareable, man, um, yeah, and yeah, I'm talking in tongues. Don't write me about it. I got tongues. I'm gonna use them. If I had that, this is my natural language, my supernatural language. So come on. Here. One day I'm gonna get better. As much as people are cussing, I'm not so fancy. I don't want to hear nothing about you not believing in some other tongue. Because you sure believe in corrupt tongues. You believe in corrupt tongues. Creative combinations of profanity people come up with. Now you all don't see this, but I have here. You need to understand. That prophecy is about God's mind, will, and emotions, but so is divination. Divination is about the deity that you serve. It's that that deity, mind, will, and emotions. That's what you're talking, okay? And it's, ta- it's you know we're moving the divine divine communications is supposed to move from futuristic wisdom and prediction to divine wisdom. Moving on the next one, you can see on your screen. You all see that on the screen. Mm-hmm. Theft versus a win. 
Now, you know, a woman wrote me, she said, are you, are you saying that? Well, yeah, I am saying it because, I mean, even, you know, President Trump left the better in the draw. Joe, you know I won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say, I wish you the best. He didn't say, hey, I'm here for you. Go, Joe, go. Hey, he didn't even say it was a fair fight because it wasn't fair. Okay. He's like, okay, and all of the information he has, the media will not let him say his case, would not let him participate in the campaign. He could not do anything, block him out. You're talking about business people able to block the sitting president of the United States out of his airway. And you think that was fair? Then you need to, you need to go ahead and get a class in fairness. So divination, um, by definition, is divination witchcraft of the nation because Balaam is a model, a set of false prophets. In a good sense, um, it says, in a good sense, if there was one, um, King's Oracle, to practice divination divine of diviners of the nation, of false prophets, and it is prohibited. Why is divination not prophecy? Because prophecy is to say beforehand what God has already done in his world to make it so on earth. Divination comes from the earth. It comes from those fallen angels. They can't go back in God's archives. They can't go back in his library. They can't get back there. So here's some of what we look like. Okay? Here's a prophecy versus divination. I would have been fine. You know, I was really behaving myself. I think I still am, but... I would have been fine, but my prophecies didn't fail. Because that's like saying that your deed on your house is violated because somebody broke in and robbed you. And when they find their possessions, your possessions in their possession, then you're saying, well, the best person won. You can keep my stuff because the best person won. Nobody calls a theft to win mm. except the thief. <laughs> and the agents of the thief. So, you know, because that's right, but I don't know, we can believe. I'm not, I, my prophecy didn't fail. Divination was supported by the diviners and the divining prophets who had all been to the meeting and got the hand down from Satan, we're going to steal this election so you all begin to prophesy that it's a win. I'm going to keep saying. But I like how you're separating. We have facts, affidavits, testimonies, videos, audios, all of this of people saying how this election was fraudulent. This isn't just somebody off in a corner saying, no, because we don't want Joe Biden to be president. That's why we're prophesying President Trump. No. These are documented facts. Nobody mm-hmm. is making this up. And so Biden did not win the election. He is not a legal president. He is not. And we have to He's a political president. In other words, the political takeover machine. Finish your thought because it's good. Well, we have such a uh, shallow, carnal look at, well, if he's wearing the title, then you're wrong. 
And even when you, way back when you said, but this is about getting Trump inaugurated, you told me, because the mess is going to come out in between the election and the inauguration. And we see that we have imposters all the time who sit in places, move in, I'm the new boss, this, I'm the new boss, that they find out that, no, you're not, somebody, we, we went to a university where the president's wife was hiring firing people, doing everything, you're not on staff. How are you hiring and firing people and spending money when you are actually not an officer anywhere in this institution? And let's just take this situation, using your example, let's just take the head. What if Zuckerberg came in and somebody one day and somebody said, well, I'm now, I'm just going to seize your office. Right. We're going to say, security, security. And they're going to be brought up on charge. And by the way, I've already gotten into your computer. I've got all your seats. None of these people who are backing this would tolerate this nope. in their own institution. My biggest issue is this. This president has never, ever stepped out to say, prove that I'm not president. He's never said it. Nope. He, now, Donald said, I can prove that I'm still president. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. come on. <laughs> Every which kind of way. But this president has never wanted to clear his name. Never. He has never wanted to prove it. He would rather go down in history as this as a, an imposter president. He is because if he was right, he would say, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm tired of people saying this about me. Prove it." He wouldn't be trying to have a fake impeachment. Come on now, Because everything about this is fake. He never said. See, that's the that's the real thing. Why hasn't he? said it. Why hasn't he released the media to open up to all concerns? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've got a media blackout, have had a media blackout all this election. Yeah. Why? Why? So you can tell me all day long, but why did they have a media blackout? Right. And half of the Americans don't know that they were blacked out. No. No. Because they did a great job of that consciousness Crafting, they converted the consciousness to the death and doom agenda that is to take us out. But other countries know. Okay. Other because countries they, they've reported. Why isn't the United States media talking about this? And how come the United States media isn't talking about that illegality and this with Biden and that with Hunter and blah 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 and so on and so forth? So you all need to don't take. Hey, you want to fight with us? Go and listen. Look at the other. Go to their side. Go to the other nation site and see what they tell you. Right. Since you think that it's something that we're making up, go to their site. Right. Because they have mentioned it. And when this is all over, this media here will be totally devastated. Oh, yeah. Because it's going to come out. I promise you it's going to come out. Somebody's going to be bold enough, brash enough, something to rain it down, you know, like a wicked dick two, three, four, five, and ten. Okay? <laughs> Somebody's going to rain it down. And when it comes out, this media is going to look like exactly what it is. Inept, incompetent, and and treacherous and traitorous. That's what it's going to show. And trust me, I can say to you all who are in the media, and I love the media because I think that 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 whole thing was was really great when it was working. But I will say to you, your your CEOs and your board of directors are going to throw you all under the bus. You all are going to lose your job for being obedient. You're going to lose your job for being faithful. You're going to lose your job for being diligent in your job, and you weren't even trying to be. But but you know how it is. Somebody's head's got the roll. 
And you, I want you to see your head rolling down the hill. <laughs> and for a while, they're going to put a whole lot of quasi-seeming compliant people in your place. This is going to happen. This I prophesy by the Holy Ghost. Just like I prophesied Donald Trump would win the election, he did. But I also was told in my prophecy, which validates me, that the election was not the issue getting him inaugurated was. That's right. I prophesied that. So if you're going to hold these little meetings and you're going to do all of these things, you probably need to get it right. But I'm telling you, you're going to see it. You're going to see a whole lot more, a, a whole lot more of these CEOs just for, because as God begins to crack, crack it open, People start moving into defense mode. This is not even prophetic. This is just human nature. People will start moving into defense mode. And folks will be, you know, it's kind of like we're going to dump our stuff. You're going to, I'm calling it the big shred. You know, the officials are at the door. And all the people shred. I'm calling it the big shred. The big wipe. We're going to wipe out all evidence. This is going to happen. It is not going to happen because I'm good, bad, or not. It is going to happen because God's not done with America, and God's not done with Donald Trump. And until Jesus is done with this, this is going to happen. And as far as I'm concerned, it could be Donald Trump. It could be Mickey Mouse. I don't care who it is. It's who God is using for his his agenda. And don't don't go writing and say, I called him Mickey Mouse. Because, you know, thanks a lot. You know, thanks a lot. I'm telling you, because you know the deluded can't help but lie because they're already converted to the lie. That's why they're deluded. They, to them, the lie, their lie is their truth. But I'm telling you, this thing is going to open. I don't know who this media bureau is. I have not met them. I see them in the spirit. But this thing is getting ready to eek and leak, leak and eek, eek and leak. I promise you. And then we're going to have the gusher. This will happen. This is not an imagination on my part. It will happen. And I'll tell you why. Because of Isaiah 55, 11. Divination will fail. But Isaiah 55, 11 said that God's word will not return to him void. But it will accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. Is that right? Did it say that? It will accomplish it. So you can... You, you can sit there and have all of your little, um, whatever, all of you all are going to be revealed as diviners. Yeah. That's never going to come off your name. Never. Come on. <laughs> 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 we think changing of the guard is like this. Um, uh, we think it's like people changing shifts on a job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we really do. Like you know, changing of the guard, the night shift is coming in. Hey, how you doing, man? How you doing? Okay, you know, check the desk, do the little clipboard, and we just we don't think changing of the guard is flat out warfare, battle, and all of this nastiness coming up. When well, you just said that about it's going to be a matter of public permanent record of, of how wrong you are, and in in this case, in this. And since I appreciate the strategy of the Lord for dragging this out oh, yeah. so that the exposure and the corruption, not just in the world, because we quick to talk about worldly corruption, showing how corrupt and how decayed the internal guts of these offices really are. And looking at these beautiful edifices and beautiful buildings, it's like going in and the whole thing is dilapidated and run down on the inside. 
I, you know, I watch these home renovation shows, and a lot of people, they'll, they'll have these million-dollar homes that they're renovating, and they open up a wall to change something, and there's termites, mm-hmm. or there's a leak that came in from this little tiny whole thing, and then the whole slab of the foundation has to be cleaned. And and that's where we are as a body of Christ. Yeah. So yeah. pretty. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My wash walls. <laughs> so pretty on the outside and so I'm like we do treat changing of the guard like we're just all right here's here's the badge make sure you clock in for your shift and not a hostile takeover but a massive exposure but think about it and we also think changing of the guard is only secular yeah yeah when God said hard reset we just said oh the world is going to have another church too the lead what will lead into God's future is not what's sitting in power today. You can rest assured, you can write that down. What's leading the body of Christ, what's leading the charge in God's future is not what's sitting in power today. God had to show all of this so that people would understand why so-and-so is being replaced. Whatever happened to Dustin, what? Whatever happened to some will die, others will fade off into the sunset, and others will just be greatly demoted. Now, and, and, and the Bible is full of changing of the guards. He's full of it. It's full of God fighting to change the spiritual guards. That's the whole issue in Daniel. The guards are changing. New princes and principalities are coming into the land. And so God is doing the change. And I'm, my job, because i got a future with God. Not everybody wants God's future. That's why we're here. Because if they wanted God's future, then abortion would not be put back on the book. Would not be put back on the books. All of this abuse would not be put back on the books. The fact that they put back on the books lets you know the guards that are being swept out. And this is just God. I mean, I'm not even talking about you know like big. This is just God's practice. Jeremiah said it has never been that a nation that turned on God was blessed. When you read the Bible, it says, "Well, Balaam was killed." You read Jeroboam was dead. You read Aaron. Aaron was trying to change the situation that God was doing, and God was doing it in the beginning. He used Aaron long enough to get the priesthood going, and then after that it says, and Aaron died and was buried with his father. His father. His father. This is God's thing. God has been doing because, I mean, God's at the end of the thing. We, but this new to us. It's not new to him. You got something you want to share? Another thing about Aaron's death. Find this mountain and die. His, his replacement, his son replaced him. It was non-ceremonial. The people didn't even know until they came back from being on the mountain and without Aaron. Without him. Then they were like, what happened? Oh, Where's Tom? Dead. Oh, we left him in the mount. Yeah. And so we can go on. Even, even Moses, when it was time for Moses to hand it off, he handed it off to Joshua, who had been groomed for it for all those years. And we can go all the way down to, to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ coming. We have, we have over and over again, king come, king go. And God always puts the one in power that he's been grooming for a long time. Yep. We did not know what made Solomon qualified. We did not know what qualified Josiah. Uh, we did not know. Asa, Hezekiah, we don't know. Because, so this is not new to the Lord. We are not many days from now. I promise you. By the spirit of the living God, we are not many days from now, and the the the, the middle the the breakthrough, the gusher that God has mm-hmm. is gonna. And when I tell you we're gonna come, it's going to open be scrambling. 
like rats on a ship. Rats on a ship. That is what's going to happen. Not because Dr. Price is this or that. Not because I am the woman, the blah, blah, blah. This is in motion. If I never open my mouth, it would still be in motion because prophecy doesn't need a voice to fulfill itself. It pushes through with human events. It's not humans pushing through on God's events. This, this man was pushed through on God's events. Prophecy doesn't do that. No, I was chuckling at this comment. Someone talking about people. Don't try and delete your post. <laughs> when it goes down and y'all been proven wrong. You know that's right. <laughs> I'm telling you. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm telling you. And you have to know how high powers are. These high already know it. They already have plan B. They already have plan Z because they have watched the to just lay out what I just said. And that we want to call them prophetic, but they're still saying it. Well, guys, we are down to 12.59. We had a really meaty show, would you say? Oh, yeah. Meaty show. And so we are not at the 1 o'clock hour. We're gonna, we have so much going on. We're not going to do an after show or anything close to it. We thank you for being... <laughs> this is after showing up. Go back and watch yesterday's broadcast. Yeah. That's Prophecy versus divination. There's your after show. And then we watch this. And then share, pass it on. Share, share, and share, share, and go share some more. And you can sow seed to me. You can sow seed. They'll tell you on the screen how you can sow into the word that I've given and into the prophecy. Some of y'all are going to wait till my word come to pass, and when you do, I expect a big seed, because my word will come to pass. I'm telling you that by the Holy Ghost. That's a divine edict. My word will come to pass. And when you get to Saturday's broadcast, you'll understand why I know that and how I know it. Because when you're a real apostle and prophet, you're not just in this world. That's why they can write those letters of apology and carry on, because they, they're they operating on this world. We, we're we brought into the whole team. You know, when, when John, uh, the apostle, had to go back from Patmos, he had the whole team. The whole team showed up to show John this major venture, this massive enterprise that God has got going on. I have been in this enterprise since before there was a Donald Trump on a ticket. She'll tell you that. I've been in this. So this is, I'm not just prophesying some, a single event. I'm letting you know the progress of a project that God has had in effect for a very long time. Prophecy comes from a continuum. That's a very different thing because divination comes from conversations with other gods, whether you know that or not. Hey, join us. Uh, continue to watch us all week. And you're going to appreciate it. I think we're going to have to, I don't know, they'll tell you how it's going to work. But join us Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty, 8 o'clock for Sunday school with uh, uh, Prophet Angela Powers, and then with me at 10 for the whatever the message is going to be. You know, I, <laughs> you know I, I, I said to somebody, I do all of this work. Although I did pretty good, I got through this pretty well, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I usually don't, so I did. Praise God. You know, and we talk about prophecy um, versus divination. And this is interesting because I want to read, leave you on the script. There must not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire or a fortune teller, soothsayer, omen reader, or sorcerer. See, if you were in the Bible, you would know 
the difference between divination and a prophecy. Because prophecy began in heaven. Divination happens on earth because those devils were kicked out of heaven, locked out of the archives, locked out of the intelligence, locked out of the library. So they have to go after what it is that will facilitate their reason for being on earth, which is to deceive the nations. God bless you. Have a great weekend.